Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Nitro Mania podcast, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Last week on Nitro, we welcomed in December with the announcement that this week on Nitro, Sting and Hogan will team up against Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. Also last week on Nitro, an electronic weasel in a bag of potato chips. This week on Nitro, it is Monday, December 11th, 1995, and we are live from deep in the heart of Flair country, Charlotte, North Carolina. As we get the opening pyro and the camera flying over the arena, you can see that there are already two men in the ring with a referee awkwardly keeping them separated. At the desk, we talk about the main event. Mongo and Pepe are wearing leather jackets. Heenan is positive that Hogan and Sting can't trust each other. We then get the bell for your opening contest tonight, Eddie Guerrero versus the no longer Mr. JL. And right off the bat, it's time for another round of Is It Racist? As Eric Bischoff says this. And if any of these Japan wrestlers, Japanese wrestlers, think that Eddie Guerrero is going to be a cakewalk, rice cakewalk, baby, they've got something else coming. I'm sorry, give me that one more time. Rice cakewalk, baby. Yeah. No, yeah, that's... That's definitely racist. Why? In what portion of your brain would you say cakewalk out loud and immediately correct yourself to rice cakewalk? It honestly reminds me of my second trip out to the Midwest in 2006 when I attended an SCW show with Andy and Bill and Lindsay and all that crew. Uh, for some reason, SCW, that's Scott County Wrestling, had decided that they would have live commentators over the PA in the function hall. And the main event that night was the future Seth Rollins won Tyler Black defending his SCW championship against someone that I don't remember. At one point in the match, one competitor is striking the other with a belt, and the commentator that wasn't Andy yells out, he's whipping him like Kunta Kinte. I must point out that despite the champion's name, neither competitor in this match was African-American. And to be fair, that's probably a more racist comment than the one that Eric just made, but for fuck's sake, that wasn't broadcast around the country on free cable. Anyway, back to the match. Uh, an unsurprisingly fast-paced match after a couple of reversals in the corner leads to Eddie pinning JL with a victory roll. Great opener, and unsurprisingly good opening contest. If you go back and watch this episode of Nitro on the network, keep an eye out for the guy in the front row in the red-striped shirt who looks like a ventriloquist dummy. We're then sent to the ramp where Mean Gene... Pull up your socks and get ready. ...is standing with Lex Luger... Wow! ...and Jimmy Hart. Gene calls Luger the total package, typical, but then says he's looking awesome this holiday season, which is... an odd compliment... Gene makes a snide comment about Jimmy's attire, and Jimmy tells him to shut the fuck up. Jimmy tells us that Luger is the uncrowned WCW champion, and they send us to clips from Halloween Havoc, World War III, and last week's Nitro of all the times Luger's had Savage beaten, despite him not actually winning any of those matches. I don't think. Did Luger win at Halloween Havoc? Oh, who cares? Luger promises to win the triangle match at Starcade, and Eric promises us Disco versus Orndorff when we return. Back from break, and Disco Inferno finally has his own entrance on Nitro instead of just trying to steal someone else's. First time in the last two months, at least. 
Disco gets upset that his music stops when Orndorff starts, and I had forgotten about Mr. Wonderful's horrid love ballad theme song, since I haven't seen him since War Games. At the open of this match, while Disco is attacking Orndorff before he takes his jacket off, Eric tells us that Hogan and Sting aren't acting like a team, taking different cars from the airport and not talking to each other at all today. Heenan chimes in and tells us that they're even in different, guarded locker rooms. At one point, Orndorff drops an elbow across Disco's throat, and Disco sells it like his trunks are full of biting fire ants. Orndorff wins moments later with a simple back suplex. This match... Really nothing special. However, what happens after that? Well, we'll get to that. Bischoff sends us to Oakland on the ramp once again, who brings out all the horsemen except Benoit. Pillman tells us it's the chance of a lifetime to be part of the greatest dynasty in professional wrestling history. Pillman also tells us that Hogan's black period from last month was an attempt to become a horseman. Even the American males, Mongo, and the Dungeon of Doom sent in applications. Paul Orndorff apparently hasn't been horseman material in years since he calls the Psychic Friends hotline, and I really can't argue with that. Flair then takes the mic and plays up the crowd until Orndorff appears. He tells them that he has the utmost respect for Flair and Anderson, but calls Pillman a snotty-nosed punk. Anderson tries to calm things down, but Pillman keeps talking. Orndorff calls Pillman the horseman's bag boy, and they begin to brawl, a three-on-one beatdown that ends with a spike pile driver on the arena floor. This Saturday night, it's Sting versus Sergeant Craig, Pillman versus Johnny B. Bad, Bunkhouse Buck versus Alex Wright, and Eddie Guerrero. Back in the arena, and Heenan has left commentary to watch the EMTs load Orndorff onto a backboard. Bischoff says he's never seen this much emotion out of Heenan. Luger enters next, and hopefully his pyro doesn't set any of those EMTs on fire. Heenan returns to commentary and tells us that Orndorff is in bad shape. This serious news is accompanied by the entrance of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Thankfully, we don't actually have to watch most of this match as we're given shots of Orndorff on a stretcher and shots of Orndorff's stretcher being loaded into the back of an ambulance. The finish comes when Duggan starts taping his fist for some goddamn reason. This leads to Jimmy Hart grabbing Duggan's wood and jumping up on the apron. Duggan goes over to Jimmy. Luger charges at Duggan, knocking Duggan's head supposedly into his own wood in a terrible looking spot and lifting him up into the torture rack for the submission victory. We are then reminded that the main event is coming up as we go to break. Back from break, and Mean Gene is, surprise, on the ramp with Randy Savage. Savage faces Tenzan at Starcade and defends his title against the Giant next week on Nitro. Savage says right now he is solely focused on defending his title against the Giant. Gene says Nitro returns in 30 seconds and sends us to a Slim Jim commercial. We come back for your main event. Horsemen enter first because it's Flair country. Nope, sorry. We come back for Flair and Anderson's entrance, and then we go back to commercial break. Back from that break for Sting's entrance, and then once Sting gets in the ring, Hogan enters to Sting's theme song looking all pissy. After a decent match, something I would attribute to the fact that Hogan was barely in it, Jimmy Hart runs down to ringside to distract Hogan while Luger pulls him off the apron and puts him in the torture rack. Randerson is completely oblivious to this somehow and allows the match to continue unabated. Anderson and Flair work Sting's left knee while Hogan flops around like a dead fish at ringside. 
Then we get another logical fallacy that's never made sense to me and is obviously only there to draw heel heat. Anderson distracts Randerson so that Randerson doesn't see Sting tag Hogan. Randerson makes Hogan leave the ring while Arn and Flair just switch places. Now, logically, Randerson should then make Anderson and Flair switch back, having not seen their supposed tag either, but this never, ever happens. The referee just goes about his business as though he'd seen a legal tag between the two bad guys. I know. I know. Buffalo Wild Wings. Anyway, Sting begins no-selling Flair's offense because that's apparently what you do as a face in WCW. Hell, Hogan was doing it earlier in the match, and Flair tags Anderson in. Sting finally, awkwardly, tags Hogan so Hogan can start no-selling the heels' offense. Hogan pins Anderson after a leg drop to the raucous boos of the crowd, and Pillman runs out and attacks Sting. A brawl ensues, Luger and Hart run back down, Luger admonishes Pillman for attacking Sting, then tries to prevent Sting from defending Hogan from the attack. Luger then leaves, Sting cleans house, Macho Man runs down, turns Sting around, and Sting, after pausing well more than long enough to identify who it is, straight up punches Macho in the face. Sting then looks remorseful, oddly enough, Macho is pissed, Hogan is confused, and they send Gino into the ring for the first time tonight. Bischoff sends us to Mean Gene as the crowd audibly chants, Hogan sucks. Hogan starts yelling about who's friends with who, with his back to the hard cam, sorry Derek, while fans throw crap in the ring. Macho then yells some stuff about Luger, and Sting expresses his remorse for punching Savage square in the face. Again, had plenty of time to see who it was. Hogan yells that Sting saved his rear end. Macho says everyone needs to take a chill pill, direct quote. Savage and Sting shake hands. Hogan says that Savage probably won't be champion after next week, and Bischoff desperately sends us to break. Back for our post-main event wrap-up, Eric reminds us again that it's Savage versus Giant next week. Heenan predicts a new champion next week. Eric turns to Mongo, reminds us that Hogan's on probation, not suspension like Hogan said in the ring. Mongo reminds us that Orndorff is pretty much dead at this point, and that the four horsemen have their act together, and Eric sends us off the air. This was a decent episode of Nitro. Nothing truly offensive happened, and we had that memorable moment of Paul Orndorff getting crippled. If you go back and watch anything this week, it would, of course, be that opening contest between Guerrero and JL, but the main event wasn't half bad, again, as I said earlier, likely due to the minimal involvement of Hulk Hogan. Readers on CageMatch.net have given this episode a 5.67 rating out of 10, including uh, one 9 rating and one 8 rating. Uh, this episode held steady at a 2.6 TV rating from last week's episode. Uh, over on Raw, despite being in a different arena than the last four weeks of Raw, we are not live from Salisbury, Maryland. This episode was taped almost three weeks prior to air on the Tuesday after all those episodes were taped in Richmond. Uh, on that episode, the go-home for In Your House 5, Owen Hart pinned Jobber Jeff Hardy, Aja Kong beat Chaparita Asari, and Ahmed, uh, no, Ahmed Johnson squashed Rick Stockhauser, and in your main event, Bret Hart defeated Bob Backlund by disqualification. That episode of Raw scored a 5.89 out of 10 on Cage Match, but only a 2.5 TV rating, losing by 0.1 point. 
Uh, and that does it for Nitromania. Leave us feedback at rundownwrestling at gmail.com or tweet me at Rundown Podcast. Please check out all the shows right here on the Rundown feed. You've got your sit-downs, you got your WrestleMania Salvation, NXT Revisited, Glow Stick, and of course the Rundown proper. This week's episode of The Rundown actually features a very special guest, one Justin Michaels, uh, wrestling manager turned host of Tough TV's Yesterland Waltz. Uh, he'll be guest hosting this week's episode with Jason and possibly Troy, and you'll find out all about that new show and how he, you know, made that change from wrestling manager to television star. So be sure to tune into that on, uh, on Thursday. If you want to see me in person, check out uh, Liberty States Wrestling Fall Fury on October 21st in Peabody, Massachusetts, and APW Wrestling in Salisbury, Mass. on October 28th. Uh, we are two weeks away from our big Starcade triple-sode here on Nitromania. Since Starcade is on a Wednesday, my guest and I will be covering the Nitro before Starcade, Starcade itself, and the Nitro after Starcade. And I'll tell you who my special guest is next week, right here on Nitromania. So you better tune in. Sup, bitches. We're Pwn Stars, a video game podcast about developers, one host obsession with Genji's butt, and other random shit. Also, we give you gaming news that you probably already knew the fuck about. Who likes Genji's butt? Who knows? Just ask us. So join us every week for your dose of random gaming. So random, half the time, we don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Josh, got anything to add? I don't do good with the short stuff, only the long stuff. That's what she said. Giggity. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and always on the Questionable Never Network.